so Bernie uh, Bernie Sanders unveiled a new climate plan yesterday that has a sixteen trillion dollar investment attached to it. Investment. You hope it's investment. Investment. Sure. Investment suggests you're going to get any money back. Yeah. Sometimes it's just spending. Investment implies that you might get more money back. Yeah, investment implies you'll get all of it back plus. Right. Um, will you get any of it back? Well, anyway, maybe more on that is, well, yeah, if it gets closer. Listen, can I nip this in the bud very quickly? Nip it in the bud, we, nip it! Before we move on, Marshall wondering what sort of pie he ought to bring to his dinner date uh, where his uh, his friend is cooking him dinner, a female friend. Mm. Those of you saying banana cream pie, you're not funny, you're not helping, you're juvenile. Stop. Just stop. A lot of suggestions for a, because uh, he's, he's, she's making roast beef, he's bringing wine. Sounds like a lovely evening. Right, and a pie. And some sort of pie. Yes. How about a uh, heart-shaped cheesecake? That's a suggestion from a woman. Oh. He said that would be a big score. Oh, wow. So What a great idea. Yeah. Um... So we got. It's a rare woman who doesn't enjoy uh, the cheesecake. Marshall, do you know much about this? Uh, Marshall, Sean, I get you guys all mixed up. Y'all, look the same. y'all look the same to me. Sean, do you uh, <laughs> do you know much about this story of the socialism monopoly game? How that works? Uh, so I, I know a little bit about it. It seems to be uh, kind of well. There's some inconsistencies that are people are pointing out. Well, this is a bad representation of. So I, I don't know if this is actually meant to be a document of what socialism is. No, it, uh, according to an account I, I, in front of me, it portrays socialism in a mocking and negative light. Okay, what? so it's, it's so well, it's, that's unfair. Just okay, because it's, it failed every single time it's ever been tried. But anyway, just bringing that up sort of tangentially, as uh, we're we're going to do a podcast next week, an extra large podcast. It's Joe and I and Tim Sanford, Tim the lawyer, and Craig Gottwalls, Craig the Obamacare lawyer. Uh, all in theory reading the same book and then talking about it. And if I, as I've been working through this book, Heaven on Earth, which is about the history of socialism more or less, um, so much interesting stuff in there that we'll talk about on the podcast. But yesterday I was reading a long section about how Karl Marx was such a, a DB. <laughs> he, he, well, yeah, yeah, okay. He begged on, off friends his whole life. Right, yeah, he was a leech. He never earned money in his life. He just begged off people his whole life, and even when his 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 rich friends, Engels mostly, uh, his rich friends would give him money, he would spend beyond the amount they were giving him to where he would need more money from his friends. Wow. Which is such an interesting thing coming from the so-called father of, you know, socialism. Um, it, it, he just... He just lived up for other people giving him money because they believed he was going to write this great book, which he took decades to write. I just need more money and more time. And yeah. he just continued to it's spend. Really coming along. And he just continued to spend beyond his means with no way to support himself. So, writing a book, are you? So, About how the proletariat needs to write up? <laughs> so, the capitalists are controlling everything? Huh? So I'm actually looking at the board of the socialist monopoly thing. So instead of passing go collecting two hundred dollars when you pass when you pass go, you get your fifty dollar living wage. Um, <laughs> one of the properties you can buy is the Together We Rise Bakery. Um, Beautiful. There's I a, like this. Yeah. Play this card immediately. Minimum wage increase. Sucks to be a small business owner. Pay the bank a hundred dollars from the community fund. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and it all ties in with a, um, uh, a yet another poll that's out where a higher percentage than you'd like to hear of young people 
say they like socialism. We've seen this different polls and the numbers are different places, but it's it's always higher than you would like. But then you start drilling down and, and what do they mean by socialism becomes very difficult to nail down. Yeah, it reminds me very much of the numbers Marsha was giving us a little while ago about the number of people, uh, Democrats, in favor of uh, Medicare for all now as opposed to uh, working to perfect Obamacare. Those numbers are changing pretty rapidly. It's because, you know, you can say, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And then somebody explains the particulars to you and you think, oh, wait, whoa, no, 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 no. And that's changing. So, yeah, a lot of those poll numbers are that the kids have no idea what they're talking about. So, and they're not familiar with the historical context. And listen, I, I haven't begun reading the book because I'm an underachiever, but I will. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> you're running out of time. You're also well, a speed reader. A lot of people don't know that. I, I do read pretty quickly. How long is it? 300 some pages. Oh, no. What? Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but um, the, the thing about socialism that is... That you have to remember is that in broad strokes, it's incredibly alluring, especially to young idealistic people. It sounds great. It does. And so it will seduce generation after generation who aren't familiar with the historical context. And and they haven't run up against enough human nature to understand why it's always doomed to fail. Because let's face it, it takes you a while of working and paying bills and interacting with the government and bureaucrats and the rest of it before your eyes are truly open. Oh, God, I feel like this it, is human how humanity really is. I feel like it takes like five minutes. Maybe it takes other people longer. Well, I don't yeah. know. But I think it varies person to person. Still working on that book about socialism, are you? <laughs> From okay. everyone according to their abilities to everyone according to their means. Is it rising up to reclaim the capital? <laughs> So, yeah, so Marx, I found that fascinating. Yeah. He begged off people his whole life, turned on his mom and wouldn't speak to her anymore when she stopped giving him money and had to turn to other friends to give him money. Epic baggery. Knocked up his uh, um, uh, maid. Oh, there's a shock. And got and her refused pregnant. to do any work. And kept it a secret and didn't support the kid or anything like that because that looked bad. I mean, just, just, I mean, just a DB, just a bad person. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I'm a love the art, not the artist type. Sure, um, I get that. On the other hand, but on this particular, the thing, irony yeah. is so enormous. Yeah, I get that. If if yeah. if he's a great guitar player and he's got you know eight kids he didn't take care of, okay, you either like the music or not. You don't have to like him. Right. But if he was a guitar, if he if he was if his whole thing was trying to, I don't know, what would be a good example. Well, it's um, almost as if. Well, no, I, I can't even think metaphorically it's, it's, about yeah, this. I mean, it's, it's, it's the impossible. Marx thing is so astounding and so obvious and hilarious. Yeah, but. his entire his entire being was the opposite of what he was preaching. Right, and they also right. they also another funny thing from this book is well, and it's like he was trying to change history so that he could get stuff. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it was like it was that fundamental. Well, one of the downfalls of socialism always is there's there's a group of people at the top who think all you all need to share everything equally. We're important and we're 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 deciding how all this works. So we need more sure. because we're at the top and we're oh, smarter yeah. than you. Right. Uh, but all you all are going to share equally. Some that animals are more equal. Than yeah, others. it always works out that way. Right. But it's hilarious. Marx and Engels, who work together to to come up with Marxism, it really should be called Engelism because he wrote everything. But 
for some reason, he was a wilting flower, and Marx was the dominant personality. So Marx was too busy sweating on maids like some sort of latter-day Arnold Schwarzenegger. But yes. anyway, they would, back in the day when people would write letters to each other, you know, that stuff hangs around, so you have it, the historical references. Right. And they couldn't stand working-class people. They just couldn't stand to be around them. They were stupid, and they were dirty, and they really annoyed them. And they were, they were both middle to upper class, well-educated. Wow. Always talking about the working class, and but they couldn't stand to actually be around them because they drove they drove them crazy. That's just it's, I know it's, it's too much. It is too much. I mean, it makes me so joyful and so frustrated at the same time that some uh, notion that idiotic could catch hold like it has. But all this perhaps, again, it's an alluring premise. All this perhaps is set up to this: there are some people that do need their money taken away from them, and one of them would be Justin Bieber. So this Fair came. Enough. This came out yesterday. There's a picture of him. Uh, well, you paparazzi who follow around celebrities and catch pictures of them going to the grocery store must be must be fun to lay down to sleep at night. What a good way to spend your day. Anyway, here's a picture of Justin Bieber coming out of his car headed into the gym, and he looks like any other person, like roughly his age, going to the gym, except. Uh, they nailed down what his clothes are. The off-white Homer Simpson T-shirt he was wearing is two hundred and eighty-five dollars. Yo, <laughs> there's a two hundred and eighty-five dollars Simpsons T-shirt. Right. The duffel bag carrying his clothes, and I mean, he's just—he's got like his clothes in bundle. And he just looks like a slob, and he drops his shoes and everything. Walking to the gym, he just looks like anybody would. Right. But he's wearing a, uh, like I said, almost three hundred dollars Homer Sim- Homer Simpson T-shirt. He's carrying a Louis Vuitton duffel bag that costs three thousand six hundred and fifty dollars. Yikes! He drops his twenty-two hundred dollars Nike off-white Air Jordan One sneakers. Uh, as he's walking into the gym. Wow. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. Well, who, who's that for? Since nobody would know you're wearing a $300 Homer t-shirt, as a, a Homer Simpson t-shirt, as opposed to a $15 one you bought at a, uh, you know, at a tourist trap. Right. How, what's the point of it? Just, cons- it's not uh. even conspicuous consumption. Nobody knows but you. Yeah. Well, and the See, people. those are the people you got to take money away from. Although the, 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 the people who made and sell those bags and shirts and oh, shoes. Sure. sure. They're now supporting families and hiring workers and the rest of it. It's a beautiful thing. You know how you get the money out of Justin Bieber? Let him spend it. No, I'm, I'm kidding like, about that. What are that. you on? You're a communist yourself. I'm kidding about that, but I just, I don't we understand. you a the... communist infiltrator among I, us. I I get the I get the it looks like an expensive car and it was an expensive car. But what's the point of a three hundred dollar t shirt that looks like a twelve hundred dollar t shirt and you're the only one who knows it costs a lot? Yeah. What what is that? I don't know. I'm flabbergasted by that. I can't imagine what it would be. I mean I know guys, you know, I, I I'm too much into the golf, but I know guys who have expensive clubs and the only advantage over significantly less expensive clubs is that other people know they're expensive clubs. Well, right. I, so that's I get that. a thing. I know that's a thing. Right. I know that's a thing. It's is not better. It, it just shows other people. This little thing on my shirt shows me that I spent $100 right. on this shirt and you spent 20 Right. But there's nothing on the Homer Simpson t-shirt. That it, would, is there some sort of higher level that you and I would not could be, be privy could to? Be, could I, be. I, I, would be, I would be skeptical of assuming that celebrities are wearing the designer things that they have. 
very often they are given to them because they can get snapped by paparazzi and get free commercials out of it. So I, I don't, oh, I so don't the think the purveyors that, of three hundred dollars Simpsons T-shirts, whatever the hell that is, and a, and a three thousand dollar duffel bag, right? Ah. And they see that, and then so the fans of Bieber, the believers, if you will, will see that <laughs> and then be like, oh, I need to get that Homer Simpson three hundred dollars shirt. Maybe they can find it on sale for two hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Like they, they are not actively purchasing a lot okay. of this stuff. That You're they have. I, I that would, makes sense. I would like to make clear once again. I I can be bought. <laughs> if some of you purveyors yeah. of expensive swag would like to lay some on me, I'll wear it out. You can take pictures, whatever. That's fine with me. A uh, Yale college professor calls out uh, the modern college student culture, among yes. other things, on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm digging the Foo Fighters, man. Loving the foods on a Friday morning. Oh, that reminds me, the uh, the DFers, the Dead Flowers, my band, our album's out on the uh, the music services and stuff, and I'm going to uh, abuse you with some bumper music next week, I think. Do you do you print hard copies of it at this point or I'm, not? I'm probably going to do a couple hundred CDs just because it's an easy way to hand them out to people. Um, but, yeah, they're they're on, like, uh, Apple Music, and it's on Apple Music and Spotify and a handful of others. I don't yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how other people take in music at this point. I find it I find it interesting how it's all changed. But, like, a guy handed me a CD the other day, and I thought, oh, cool. Uh, do I have a CD player? I think I have one in my car. Yeah. I have a car. I've never even looked to see if it's got a CD player in it. Right. I assume yeah. it does. Yeah, I do, but, you know, a lot of new ones don't. But, yeah, so it's increasingly old school, but I don't know. I don't know. Like I say, it's an easy thing to hand somebody something and say, here, listen to this. Um, and, you oh, know, yeah. the funny part about music these days is there used to be, you know, some level of concern. Can you talk about your own music? Uh, to what extent? Blah, blah, blah. Um, because, you know, there, there are rules. There are federal laws about not like I can't all of a sudden start touting my say I had a bakery. Um, on the air and just uh, as a topic, the Armstrong and Getty show talking about all oh, the bakery, <laughs> our donuts are wonderful because that would be it's called Plagola. It's like, uh, you know, getting advertising without paying for it. But there's no money in music anymore. None. If I made a hundred dollars, I would be shocked. So, nah. There, there's not much money for people who sell who have millions of listens. Oh, yeah. Correct. It's something. Yeah, I've I've had the the pleasure, partly in working on the album, to talk to some people who are parts of national touring bands who you've heard of, who've made brilliant albums and sell out shows across the country. Blah 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 blah. And they are making squat on downloads and streams. Downloads. What does a download says? You know, half the audience. It's just streaming mm-hmm. these days. Anyway, um, speaking of technology, I saw this headline in the New York Times. Well. It has to do with you shouldn't even give your phone number to anybody. On the other hand, you got a scary clown story. I just... Somebody threw a Pennywise doll in a woman's backyard. She says she burned it and slept with a knife. because She thought it was a message. All right. It's a crazy lady does crazy things. 
You are not ginning up the scary clowns at the edge of the woods story again. We're not going to help. We won't be party to it. How'd that story end? Did they uh, round up all the clowns? Did they finally <laughs> catch them all? Exactly. No, they sprayed them with a special spray so they couldn't reproduce anymore and they died out. So I just realized this. The last time we had these scary clown stories was before the movie It came out. Well, mm-hmm. It Chapter 2 is coming out in about two weeks. Ah, I gotcha. Okay. Good job, Stephen King. Uh, excellent movie release knowledge. Positive Sean. Uh, then you have this headline, Creepy Dolls Mysteriously Appear in Missouri County. This one is pretty funny. Somebody is putting these like life-size, toddler-size dolls in weird locations all uh, all around Jefferson County, Missouri. And specifically the charming town of Festus last week. Some of them without a face, some headless. Some of them with their hands like up over their eyes as they lean across the base of a traffic signal and just creepy dolls over town. People are freaked out. What does it mean? What does it mean? I don't think it probably means anything, but they're suspending them from light poles and um, and on rocks and stuff like well, that. Well, I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. There's not a clown or doll invasion <laughs> happening. You are not at risk. <laughs> and there's no chance of harm to you. I assure you. That's the one thing I'm certain of. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? We have got another Armstrong and Getty campaign death pool update. This yes! one with a twist. Uh-oh. Tariff battles escalating and a dramatic development in the battle against heart attacks and stroke coming up. Well, that's good news. Okay, fabulous. And I'll get to the phone number thing, how you shouldn't even give out your phone number to anybody. I've already done it today um, to verify something. It's hard to avoid. It's hard to avoid. And have some good economic news, I think, or at least another view of the the uh, the possible coming recession that is endlessly talked about on MSNBC and Fear CNN. It. Fear it! Armstrong and Getty. Ladies and gentlemen, we call him Marshall Phillips, and he's got the news. Indeed we do. In fact, we have got a very, very important Armstrong and Getty 2020 campaign death pool update for you. You said very, very important. I doubt that it warrants a single very, <laughs> let alone two. Don't tell the man how to do his job. Well, you got to understand there's a twist to this announcement. Democratic Representative Seth Bolton is dropping out of the race for the White House. There better be a twist. <laughs> Seth Moulton. Because that is not very, very important. Moulton, who is a moderate, issued a warning to the New York Times, stressing that it is going to be a lot harder to defeat President Trump if the party were, quote, to embrace an overly liberal platform. Well, yeah, him and Delaney yep. and, uh, and, and, a, and a bunch of them are saying, look, you you people over there in the middle of the stage getting all the attention and all the Twitter followers and everything, you are going to lose to Donald Trump. You're going to lose 45 states. And they will. Yep. Yeah. And they absolutely will. I, I think most of them know that. Bernie and Liz don't. Or, or, or they don't care. Um... I think I think Bernie and Warren think they can win over enough of America with their if they just get their message out there. I think you're right. I think they they're yeah. true believers. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it, it's going to happen. Mm. Moulton going on to add, he believes this is now a three way race between Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders. 
Well, that's kind of interesting since you got two of the candidates that are so close to the same thing. Right. Moulton's expected to make a speech at the DNC's summer meeting today in San Francisco to formally drop out of the race and probably expand on those earlier comments. You're right. That is kind of an interesting twist. It's a guy getting out uh, saying, look, the party's going the complete wrong direction. Yes. And if you don't wake up, you're going to lose. When were you going to talk about those pictures we were just looking at? Uh, I was going to do it top of the hour since that's when we were doing the story. Yeah, okay. Cool. That's fine. I was just going to say, a buddy of mine uh, happened to attend the Bernie rally in Sacto, uh, Sacramento, the other day. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. And, Correct. And said, not impressive. I mean, I don't know how many people were there, but um, yeah. yeah. I, I'm thinking Liz has just grabbed the communist uh, mantle and yeah, she took the, She it. took his, his information, which she already believed in. He didn't invent it, but she's got that whole momentum on her side. Well, so I, think, I think, you know... For what I know, and it changes overnight, you know, but it, it's a Biden-Warren race, I think, at this point. Boy, in my Kamala Harris predictions, boy, did I miss that one. She Nobody is, gives a damn She's anymore, down you know? 5% nationally. Yeah, isn't that something? Well, Whoops. I think she looked transparently phony right, on a, a couple of times, and it just killed her. As far as your trade war activity goes, China announcing new tariffs on $75 billion of U.S. goods. Beijing's going to resume the 25% tariffs on U.S. automobiles. That'll start December 15th. They are communist thieves. Do you know why Trump's trade war is going on? Because he's finally said, all right, that's enough communist thieves. We're not going to let you steal from us anymore. You know, we got a great email on this. I'm going to throw it in here if nobody minds from John. Says, uh, top of the hour news, nightly news shows have been lamenting how Trump's trade war with China will cost families 600 to to $1,000 a year. Now, I do feel bad about the farmers, but not for families who, quote, suffer a bit of inconvenience and maybe buy fewer cups of Starbucks coffee, for God's sake, or cut back on eating out once a week or cable TV. Our parents lived through WW2. I grew up hearing about rationing and the sacrifices people made every single day. Far larger inconveniences than the current folks. I worry about the backbone of this country and thus its future. We're turning into a selfish me-me nation. What will it take to wake people up? John, the Armstrong and Getty Show is the answer. Affluence. I wish it were the answer. Affluence will do that to a society. Right? Yeah, but I agree completely, dude. Well, Well written. Against this backdrop, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell took center stage today with the financial world looking for clarity on whether last month's first Fed rate cut in a decade likely marked the start of a period of easier credit. While Powell's saying the trade battles have now complicated the Fed's ability to set interest rate policies and offered no clear signal whatsoever about further interest rate cuts. Now, on this news, we've got Positive Sean checking in with his one-word market report. The market is tepid. The market is tepid. Mm. So, uh, Trump has been criticizing the Fed chair, uh, well, for years now. Right. But uh, recently, and uh, some of your media is making a big deal of how unprecedented that is, that it's supposed to be independent and presidents do, do that sort of thing. And on Fox yesterday, and only Fox took the time to do this, they had quotes from... Uh, Bush, from Nixon, from LBJ, going back, I don't know how far you want to go right. back, of presidents openly criticizing in speeches um, various Fed chairs and secretaries of the Treasury and that sort of mm. stuff. Yeah. 
and uh, including an interview with Alan Greenspan I saw yesterday and said, well, did you ever get any pressure from uh, from the president? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely, all the time. Oh, for God's sake. You know, I don't, I don't want to ever turn cynical. As I've said many times, there's a difference between cynical and skeptical. If you're cynical, you're bitter, you just don't believe anything. Um, but how can you believe anything? I mean, they're just it's materially misleading. Now, Trump, I'll grant you, says things in ways that are uh, a little nutty, uh, a little less measured than other presidents. But I am the chosen one. Well, yeah, for instance. Meanwhile, we got a new pill that is being studied that reportedly can cut the risk of heart attacks in half. Please. The, the so-called polypill combines aspirin with drugs that also lower blood pressure and cholesterol. The studies in The Lancet, it says, among the participants who took the pill as directed, heart attack incidents declined by almost 60%. Now, apparently the polypill concept has been around for a while. It was first proposed over 20 years ago, but it's now gone through all the preliminary testing and is now being tested in clinical trials. I wonder if this is the sort of thing that everybody would just take one a day is it like that yeah i mean that sounds miraculous are there horrific side effects you know sudden and spontaneous bowel movements or anything instant like blindness <laughs> you grow a second schwanz or anything like I that do. Be cool. I, what I, I Wait, the, the one's got me into enough trouble i do <laughs> i do i do believe that is why they're carrying out the clinical trials now to see if any of those side effects might occur. Uh, that's, that's a good thing to do that you continue with that trial that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the <laughs> conscience of the nation. Now that's a side effect. <laughs> yeah, <I'm not> <laughs> <laughs> mm, excuse me. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hilarious. So, where do you go from there? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> oh, you know, I could give you a quick rundown on this guy. The long and short of it is, um, Brian Chen, who writes for the uh, failing New York Times, um, and I say that kiddingly, uh, it's certainly annoying, but it is not failing. Uh, said he had a, uh, a, a guy who does uh, online research for a living. He just gave him his phone number. Mm. And in the blink of an eye, the guy came back with my name and birth date, my address, the property taxes I pay, and the names of members of my family. From and just your phone number. Right. Yeah. Wow. And and the guy said, listen, if you want me to do the next step, which is easy, I'll do the next step for you, too. That next step will shock you. I want to hear it. That's okay. next. Well, that's a good tease right there. Thanks. I'm going to stay Thank tuned. You. Thank you. I was going to go to the bathroom and then maybe turn on a country music station. Mm, I wouldn't. I'm staying right here. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So it's interesting you're bringing us this information on a day when uh, there's so much in the news about robocalls and that sort of thing. And, uh -huh. the, and the phone company is trying to stop that because the, everything I fill out, if, I, if I'm on a website and I want to order a pizza or I want to order a, a shirt or, or whatever it is, because everybody makes you do stuff on the website now. They always want my phone number. And I always yeah. think, what do you need my phone number for? Well, and when, like an email address. 
you got to have that recovery phone number in case of something, something. So, yeah, you're constantly giving up your always, phone number. And I always think the reason you want my phone number right now is because you want to give that information to somebody. You don't need my phone number for this, but I have to give it. It's got a little asterisk next to it. It's, it's required information right. on this website. And as soon as they get your phone number, you're saying they've got practically everything they need. Hey, uh, Hanson, speaking of websites, I just got your text. Go to our website, armstrongandgetty.com, and check out a shootout on uh, in downtown San Francisco. Was it like uh, good guys and bad guys or yeah, like gangs or what? Apparently, a couple of guys had a dispute, and one guy wanted to get away and make sure that the other party couldn't chase him, so he uh, started shooting. People walking down the nice. street, fleeing for their lives. Where exactly? Probably slipping on excrement I don't, I don't, in their uh, attempt to escape. Yeah, and I, I don't have the uh, the exact location of oh, the downtown yeah. SF. Yeah, nail it down. I'd like to know. Yeah. But, okay. uh, yeah, you can see there's a dude just uh, you know running away like, oh, my God, am I going to die? All right, armstrongandgetty.com. Thanks. But back to the, um, uh, the topic at hand. Just if you give somebody with the slightest knowledge of how to do this your phone number, and believe me, the bad guys have more than the slightest knowledge, um, like this uh, writer for the New York Times did, uh, the guy came back. Oh, he gives the example of grocery stores, too. Every grocery store in the world has your phone number and pharmacies and the rest of it. You punch it in, right? Uh, but he says um, he gave this researcher his phone number. He and I had never met or talked. He quickly plugged my cell phone number into a public records directory, soon had a full dossier on me, including my name and birth date, my address, the property taxes I pay, and names and members of my family. Names of members of my family. Uh, and then he writes, from there, it could have easily gotten worse. This guy could have used that information to try to answer security questions to break into my online accounts. Or he could have targeted my family and me with sophisticated phishing attacks. He and other researchers at this place uh, opted not to do so since such attacks are illegal. But the guy said, listen, I could have done it easily. It's just not ethical for me to do that. Um, You know, it occurs to me that whole, uh, like your mom's maiden name, piece of cake. How about the street you grew up on? That's a good security question. Come on, as long as you have the same last name as your parents, um, that would take a couple of steps. So you're better off with ones like uh, your first dog and stuff, right? Because that's not out there, really, unless they get it from another place where you use that answer. But it's right. Not, it's not. You can't look up my first dog. No. <laughs> no. My first pet was, of course, uh, Fido, the cat, who uh, ran away and was never seen again. That's a dog's name. Fido that's, the cat. Yes. That was, uh, you're a racist. Oh, so it can't can't have a dog's name. What's a dog name, Sean? Fido, for one. Anyway, <laughs> that's what my parents told me. Did the cat run away? The cat, I, sorry, Joe, it just ran away, and we haven't seen it. Who knows? It was probably peeing all over the place. And Anyway, uh, let's see. So it only took an hour for my cell phone number to expose my life. You know, our old producer, Vince, used to say when we would uh, worry about this, he'd say, everybody's going to have everything, whatever. It's just, it's, there's Privacy's nothing to do about it. dead. Get over it. He's, he's certainly a lot more right than I was. I mean, we're practically there where you just have to accept that anybody who wants to try it all has your phone number, your address, your, 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 practically everything about you. Yeah. I don't yeah. like it, but. Maybe there's just no stopping it in the modern world. Well, and the bad guys aren't sitting back and saying, well, we're done working at this. No, no. As soon as some security method is come up with, they'll try to figure out how to 
how to defeat it. But uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do about it. It's not like I sit around stressing about it one all thing, the time. But take one, reasonable measures. Well, one thing that can be done: we could have laws like Europe, where your privacy, your information is your is your material it doesn't belong to Google, right. belongs to me. Yeah. Um, and so you have to opt in to let them share it, as opposed to the other way around. So I would be for that. Uh, I had another one that I was into. Oh, um, a lot of small companies, like like a, a little business in my town, it's a standalone pizza place. It's the only one. If I want to order online, they make me fill out all this information because they hired this company to make their website right. that's taken all that info. We've got to put pressure on these these places to, like, you've got to get a different web guy. Get a web guy that doesn't make me put this info in there that you're going to steal. I will order pizzas online if that saves you money, but I'm not going to give some third party all my info. Could well be the third parties, uh, you know, squeezing off a little of their profits to the pizza place. They have a cooperative agreement. They sell your data. The pizza place making more. Well, money. we're going to have to put pressure on them. I think. Look, yeah. I, I'm, the only way you're going to get me to do online stuff with you is you don't get all this information. Because there's, there's got to be a way to do that. Yeah, It's ridiculous that I order a pizza from my local little corner pizza place, and I have to give them all my data. Right, right. Yeah, it is ridiculous. I, I usually abort. I think this ain't happening. Oh, I, I'm I calling do. you. Some plucky teenager who's, who's glad to have a job is going to answer the phone. You'll never get your phone number if you call them. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you. I'm going to call that plucky teenager and have That's them mis- mistake my order. There's a pizza place, a local pizza place that went in that... I was excited about trying, and I called them up, and they said, we don't take phone owners. We only do it online. And I said, well, I'll never eat there. She said, okay. That was the end of that. Well, the two of you reached in a Yeah. Eh, and I won't ever eat there if yeah. I have to do it online and give you all my info. And they don't take orders over the phone. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's yet another product of the rapidly rising minimum wage as well, I guarantee you. Yeah, that's part of it. So uh, I haven't had a slice of pizza nor a sip of wine in a month now, I think. Uh, I'm doing the low-carb thing and the, they call it intermittent fasting. I like, like, restricted eating period better because that's more accurate. I'm literally... How about calling it starving yourself until you can't take it anymore? <laughs> Um, I'm I'm only eating between noon and six or six thirty because sometimes things run a little late. Uh, I didn't think I could possibly do it. That's it's a tight an, window. It's mildly. It is. It's mildly annoying. I got kind of like this. It's I guess burning would be the best uh, word to describe it in my stomach. <laughs> but it's just a mild burning. I stopped um, eating, but I'm losing. A, I'm losing a bunch of weight. Well, I'm, I'm sure you are. Oh, it's going great. I don't. I'm, I'm trying to that. take in plenty of calories, but I'm low carbon at the same time. I am, for the first time in my life, sick and effing tired of beef. If somebody put a great-looking steak in front of me, I'd be like, oh. I know. Oh, which is unique. It's weird how your body does that. I remember when I did Atkins years ago, and I was just like, the sight of a piece of bacon made my stomach turn, and I craved bread. Who craves a piece of bread? But I did then. Um, I, my window of eating, I, I only don't eat between 11 at night and about 4.45 cause I haven't learned how to eat while I sleep <laughs> yet. That's my window of not eating. You could probably get some sort of protein shake drip into the corner of your mouth and your reflexes like, would swallow it for you. So you didn't drown like a tube that just leaks milkshake into right. my mouth while I'm sleeping. Oh boy. You know, I got a food related thing, but it might take too long. Jack. Where do you suppose uh, people in America are most likely to pee in the shower? 
The drain. <laughs> a sink. I tell you what, positive Sean. You are you are on a roll today. <laughs> I remember um, when just Mad- don't don't let it go to your head. <laughs> I remember it was around nineteen ninety one that Madonna said on Letterman's show yes. that she pees in the shower, and it was this big, shocking moment. Because right. back then, we didn't t- say things like that on right. TV. As she was, as usual, of being intentionally, uh, transparently outrageous. But it became fairly... Look at me, look at me. It became yeah. fairly uh, clear after that happened, and more people talked about it, that that's a fairly common thing for people to do. Right. Well, and indeed, Jack, the more you learn about urine, the miracle liquid... <laughs> Uh, the more you realize it's 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 a cleanser. Well, it's acidic. It's it will help kill bacteria and um, and fungus and that sort of thing. It's why a bladder infection is is a, a bad thing and a big thing because normally that part of you is is uh, highly resistant to any infection. Is there a reason to not pee in the drain in the shower? You know, some people consider it gross. Um, do most women think men, not know that men do that? I, I don't know. They don't break this out by Women, sex. do you not know that your husband or boyfriend does that? I remember it was... Are there when, any men that don't pee in the shower would be a better question. I remember it was when George H.W. was running, I believe for re-election, a, a comedian. Could that have been David Spade back then? Not gonna do it. Um, oh, it may have been Dana Carvey, but one of them said, George, uh, George Bush strikes me as the kind of guy who steps out of the shower in the middle of a shower to pee. <laughs> That's a, that's a funny thing. Yeah, but uh, in answer to my question, Washington, D.C., uh, more than 38% of people uh, confess to urinating in the shower. Okay, and the other that's ones lied. Or they're, or they're women. I don't think women pee in the shower very often. Or ever. Least likely, uh, who say never, Clevelanders. No way am I peeing in the shower. Gross, says the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hmm. More fascinating uh, trivia like that coming up. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.